Hi everyone, this is Pastor Russ Gordon, Interim Pastor at Bethel Lutheran Church in Templeton, bringing you greetings on this day. We are celebrating the third Sunday after Epiphany, January 22nd of 2023, and I hope uh, this message finds you well. Uh, I want to let you know first, before we begin our sermon, of a couple of announcements. First of all, we have the goodbye celebration for Pastor Amy this coming Friday. Uh, beginning at 5.30. If you have not sent in your RSVP, please do so today uh, to the church office so that we can make sure we have room for you. All right, that's important. Also, next Sunday, the 29th, is the annual meeting of the congregation. So if you are a confirmed member of the church, uh, we urge you, encourage you to come as we uh, pass the budget for the coming year. We elect new members of the church council, and we do all kinds of other business too, including calling, electing the call committee, who will be charged with, on our behalf, uh, finding and uh, selecting a new pastor to present uh, before the congregation sometime. They have a critical job, an important job to do, so your participation in electing them is so important. So that's next Sunday for the annual meeting of the church. Also, if you have any prayer requests, for you, for a family member, for friends, uh, please let the office know or Pastor Monica or me to know whether um, uh, you would like to have them included in our Sunday bulletin and for us to remember in prayer as well. Let's start with the reading of the gospel, which is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 to 23. And I'm going to read a portion of this gospel, and it goes like this. As Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And as he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. It does make me wonder, why fishermen? Why in the world did Jesus choose fishermen to be among the inner core of his followers? Was Jesus that hard up that he couldn't find anyone else willing to traipse after him throughout the countryside for no pay and little reward? Or was there a method to his madness? Our gospel reading tells us Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee one day and spotted two brothers, Peter and Andrew, in the midst of their busy day. Follow me, he tells them, and they do. Then he calls the brothers Zebedee, James, and John. They, too, leave not only their net, but their father, and go after this teacher from Nazareth. You think fishing for fish is fun, Jesus tells them. Just wait until you fish for people. Why fishermen? Why not rabbis? They know holy stuff. Why not lawyers? They're smart. And if Jesus got into trouble, wouldn't it be good to have a lawyer in your back pocket? Why fishermen? It wasn't until I went fishing years ago with a good friend that I began to understand why. Neil, 
is an excellent fisherman. If there's only one fish in the lake, he'll catch it. <laughs> Once I went with Neil to a lake in the mountains to do a little fishing. Most of my time was spent untangling my fishing line from the bush I snared behind me in my first attempt at casting. But by the time I had freed my line, Neil had caught his limit. How did he do that, I wondered. Was it magic, or did God just like Neil better? I remember that day well. The more Neil talked to me about fishing, the more I realized his secret. Neil understood fish. He could read a lake and figure out exactly where the fish were. He knew what time of day the fish liked to eat. He knew which bait or lure to use, depending on the kind of fish. He knew when to change bait as the temperature changed. He even seemed to know how deep to drop the line into the water. Neil understood fish. In contrast, I never really had a strategy when I went fishing. I just cast my line out into the lake, hoping that something would bite. Fish rarely went for my hook because I fished with a take-it-or-leave-it attitude. I was always more interested in enjoying the outdoors than actually catching anything. I certainly wasn't interested in crawling through the brush or getting wet up to my waist in order to get a fish. I had no strategy, and so my catch was limited. Many churches may have the same lackadaisical attitude when it comes to heeding Jesus' call to fish for people. Do we take the time to understand the people we want to reach? Do we have a strategy? And even though it is right there in our name, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, we might hesitate knowing how to actually do evangelism. Why fishermen, Jesus? Fishermen understand fish. Fishermen have a strategy. Fishermen will do whatever it takes to catch a fish. So, Let's cast our line a little deeper, shall we? Maybe this interim time at Bethel is a good time to ask ourselves some thoughtful questions about our evangelism strategy. First of all, good fishermen learn to think like a fish. Peter, Andrew, James, and John knew their fish. They knew what kind of fish liked smooth, still waters, and which liked swimming in rushing currents, which are bottom feeders, and which liked to hide in rocks. They knew how to think like a fish. Now, do you know what attracted people to Jesus? He knew what they were thinking. He knew what was going on in their lives. He knew their worries and their fears. And they knew he understood them. They knew Jesus cared. Maybe we who have been in the church for some time stop thinking like those who are not in the church. For us, setting a time aside and coming to worship on Sundays is a natural and normal thing. And sometimes we can't understand for the life of us why others don't follow suit. A pastor I know conducted a door-to-door -door survey in the neighborhood around his church, taking time to listen to why people don't go to church. He discovered four common complaints or perceptions about the church. Number one, church is boring, especially the sermon. Hey, you're not nodding your head, are you? <laughs> The message, he found out from people, doesn't always relate to real life. Number two, church members can be unfriendly or apathetic to visitors. If I go to church, I want to feel welcomed without being embarrassed, they said. Number three, churches are more interested in my money than in me. Number four, and this is what young parents mainly said, I worry about the quality of the church's childcare. 
This pastor didn't meet a single person who said, I don't go to church because I don't believe in God. He did meet a lot of people who said, I believe in God, I just don't feel the church has anything I need. Most of the people who avoid church don't do so because they are atheists. Maybe it's because we haven't done as good a job being fishermen in understanding their needs. And notice Jesus' strategy in reaching people. When he preached, he didn't speak in the highbrow language of the scribes and Pharisees of his day. He spoke in stories called parables. He spoke in ways that everyone understood and could relate to. And Jesus welcomed everyone. He turned no one away. And when he went out of his way not to embarrass people from the kingdom of God. Jesus did speak a lot about money, but I don't remember Jesus ever taking up a collection. As for child care, Jesus placed high value on children when he welcomed and blessed them. How well do we really listen to the needs of those outside of our doors? Do we seek to understand them? Have we learned to think like a fish? Also, dedicated fishermen go to where the fish are. My friend Neil had me traipsing throughout the countryside just to find the right spot. Did you know the average fisherman never ventures farther than a half mile from a paved road? But a serious fisherman will go to any lengths to catch a fish. At the end of his earthly presence, Jesus commissioned these fishermen to now go into all the world. Wow, think about it. Fishermen who rarely ventured beyond the Sea of Galilee and their village now were to scatter north, south, east, west to tell the story of Jesus. And here I am, afraid to even go across the street. Maybe we expect people to show up on their own. Just because we have this classic, beautiful building and hang a We're Open sign out front, though I have never seen a fish jump into a boat voluntarily before. You and I are called to go to where the fish are. Peter, Andrew, James, and John knew that different fish required different approaches. And in watching Jesus, they learned that different people require different approaches. With the woman at the well, Jesus talked about living water. When he was with fishermen, he talked about catching fish. When he was with farmers, he talked about sowing seed and gathering harvests. Whenever Jesus encountered a person, he would begin with where they were, their needs, their interests, their hurts. He did whatever it took to reach their hearts. What was the first thing Jesus did after he picked these disciples? Take a vacation? No. He went to the towns and countryside, curing every disease and every sickness among the people. He went to where the fish were. He didn't wait for people to come to him. Jesus went far beyond the half mile from the paved road. Thirdly, another reason why Jesus chose fishermen is this. Fishermen know how much fishing costs, both in time and energy and money. I could see Neil had quite a collection of hooks and flies and sinkers, quite an investment. Maybe this is how we are to view what we do, not as an expenditure in the budget, but as an investment that will eventually pay off with a great haul. Sunday school and youth leaders, casting their net of caring love for the children, sharing the stories of Jesus, helping them launch their life with a solid foundation of faith. And how about those faithful members who, over 135 years ago, built this boat, forming bricks from the Salinas River mud, sacrificing, giving their all to build this church building, and did so with us in mind. Think about that. 
And because of their investment, how many thousands of people have heard about God's love, creating this place of grace for those who need it. What song offered by our musicians to the glory of God might just be the one to touch the heart of a listener? What warm smile by our ushers might be just the welcome a visitor needs? What dollar put into the offering plate is the seed that allows us to continue investing and reaping this harvest? Now, I have been in churches that ask the wrong question. How much is this going to cost? The right question is, who will this reach? Finally, the reason Jesus chose Peter, Andrew, and James, and John is this. For most people, fishing is a hobby, something done in their spare time. For fishermen, fishing is their business, their livelihood, their life. What we do here at Bethel, my friends, is not a hobby. It is our calling. Jesus didn't put out a table by the Sea of Galilee and beg for volunteers to sign up. He approached Peter and Andrew and James and John and said, Follow me. And they dropped their nets, and they followed. I believe this call is much more than simply the invitation to share Christ's message, but to follow Christ's methodology. Number one, to understand people's needs. Number two, to go out and meet people where they are. Number three, yes, to understand the cost, but to see it as an investment. And number four, to see what we are to do as much more than a hobby, it is our life. Jesus not only gave us what to say, but also how to show it. Jesus had a strategy in calling people to his side, offering them the forgiveness and the friendship of God. These are timeless principles of evangelism. After all, it's in our name Thank you, Peter and Andrew, James and John. Amen.